Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. This week's episode features Carly sharing the birth of her daughter, Regan. Knowing that she and her husband would only have one child, Carly embodied deep gratitude and presence throughout her journey of creation. Living a spiritual and holistic lifestyle, she innately knew she needed to birth in the safety and comfort of her own home. When her surges began, she was awed by how rapidly they intensified, but the work she did in the lead up to her birth provided her with the mental strength she needed to ride the waves of labor in her power. As the pressure quickly built, a suggestion from her midwife helped her find the perfect place to birth, using gravity as a tool to help her baby descend. Carly shares her challenges during the third stage and what she learned about an old Italian wives' tale while cooking eggplant. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Hi, Carly. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm from Adelaide. But we live in Adelaide with my husband Dan and our now seven-month-old daughter Regan. Um, I am 34 years old. I am a yoga teacher and Reiki healer, and also have a background in accounting. But currently, putting all that aside on maternity leave and soaking up mum life. So accounting, Reiki, yoga, and now mum life. <laughs> yeah, what a combo. <laughs> Such a blend. <laughs> so was this a planned conception? Yes, yes, it was, yep. Was there anything you did in the lead up to your conception to get your body sort of prepared for pregnancy? Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, definitely. I So we kind of intentionally uh, started to try to conceive late 2019 mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I became pregnant quite quickly, but unfortunately that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage at around mm-hmm. or eight weeks. Um so that was a bit of a hard time. So early, early 2020, um, we miscarried that baby. We then all the COVID stuff <laughs> happened, and uh, I just we kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit, just to kind of see 
the world was going a bit crazy and I also just felt like I needed to connect back in with my body a little bit more after that experience. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I just kept, I live quite a healthy, wholesome, spiritual lifestyle uh, naturally anyway. So we just really kind of focused on making sure that was still part of uh, getting ready to conceive. And then I did things like acupuncture and lots of yoga, obviously, really healthy eating. Um, after the miscarriage, I got some bloods done and and upped and changed a little bit of my supplements as, as recommended by my acupuncturist and naturopath. And yeah, and then when we were ready again, conceived again quite quickly, it happened. And yeah. And how was that pregnancy for you? It was, yeah, great. I loved pregnancy. I uh, was very blessed and grateful that I had such a nice pregnancy experience. I experienced a little bit of nausea in kind of the first 12 weeks, but no real morning sickness and felt really quite healthy and fit throughout. I, you know, quite active and I worked out right up until about 20, oh, sorry, 36-ish weeks. So we're going to the gym and uh, felt yeah, felt like a really nice pregnancy. Felt really connected, and I and I we've always decided that we've ever spoken about having one baby, and so I kind of think I really wanted to make the most and absorb and take it all in, like everyone tells you to uh, when you're pregnant. And I feel like I really did that uh, as well. Like I um yeah went to pregnancy yoga myself as a student and did all all the things to really take in that time. Yeah. So you chose to have a home birth. What was the inspiration behind choosing to birth your baby at home? Did you have anyone around you that had given birth at home or? Yeah, it's it's funny. I just feel like I've always imagined that I would birth at home even before I even knew the ins and outs of it or that it was how what the options were I just had never seen myself birthing in a hospital setting. I don't and I it's only when I really became pregnant that when someone asks, like, oh, you know, where are you birthing? I'm like, oh, at home. Like, it just was a, I don't know, just felt like that's where I would be birthing. Yeah. So um, when I fell pregnant the first time, like very early on, a few of my friends had used um, a couple beautiful midwives uh, for their home birth. So I reached out to them that first time and um, was kind of penciled in. And then obviously that didn't go through. But as soon as I fell pregnant the second time, I reached back out to them and they had one spot for so I was due in December. They like I have got, got what, one spot left um, for December, and so I just was like, "Yeah, cool, that's mine." And then we just went forward with that, and and didn't really question anything else. Didn't really didn't I definitely didn't look into anything else. And yeah, yeah. Yep. Any particular resources that you found really helpful? Yeah, I really wanted to maintain that kind of positive reinforcement around birthing and uh, have full faith and trust in my body to do what um, it is designed to do and I wanted to keep in that mindset so I did a beautiful hypnobirthing course my best friend actually teaches them so we did a beautiful one-on-one with my partner and I and her at, at home she was able to come and that was really great like I really both my husband and I benefited from that hypnobirthing course and then I um I think I just did a lot of my own kind of meditation because I had 
that was part of my practice anyway and I would focus a lot on visualization I had my vision board of pregnancy we had my husband had his kind of affirmation stuck on the mirror and I had mine and we just I just educated myself only really focusing on how I visualized that birth but also being aware you know it's also some things out of our control so um, having that preparation as well, but not allowing it to be focused on. I really focused on my language and around birthing and, and the words I chose to use to describe it and things like that. Yeah. What was hubby's response when you told him that you wanted to have a home birth? I think or you were having a home birth. Yeah. <laughs> <Letting> <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> uh, the first, pre- first pregnancy, when I said it, I, I do remember him being like, oh, like, are you sure? Like, do we just want to, you know, maybe check out, um, you know, the other options? And I said, well, we can. Uh, but I, and and in his defence, like he'd not read or looked at all the, you know, I'd, I looked at all the beautiful home birthing videos. I read up all the all the stories and I knew the stats and and things. So you know, to him it was like, well, hang on a second. Everyone I know births in the hospital, so I need some time here. And then. And then he came around pretty quickly once we looked at a few things together. So by the time we were pregnant this time around, he um, was like, okay, cool, Where's, who's, who's our midwife? What are we doing? And we did do, go to one hospital appointment, I think, maybe for the curiosity of both of us. And we left there um, and his words was like, I don't think we need to come back here. Mm. And we didn't. Mm. So, yeah, he was very on board and our midwife was fantastic and very much on the same page as us in, in a lot of ways. So that really helped. Yeah. So jumping to the end of your pregnancy now, do you want to take us through those last few days or weeks leading up to your birth? How are you feeling? Yeah, so I so I ended up birthing at 39 weeks, four days. And I was... I was I definitely wasn't over it. I was still really like going, okay, cool, like knowing it just I was just trying to take a little in, um, being pregnant and, and being, you know, ready as you can be. I had my birth altar kind of set up with all my um, birthing affirmations and my diffuser, my essential oils ready to go, um, crystals, all the works, and then our birthing pool was just in the spare room waiting to be like blown up when it was ready and then that week before um you kind of in that it's a really weird strange like mindset of that being in limbo like just very yeah you're in between almost these two different versions of you the one that you are and um you know you're pregnant and then not really knowing what the next stage is going to look like or feel like so I just yeah, just kind of breezed through the week. And I think, um, so Regan was born on a Thursday. And um, on the Monday, I lost my mucus plug and um, kind of thought, okay, something's happening. And, but probably for a couple months prior to that, I'd had kind of a, like a really dull kind of ache in like my lower, lower kind of belly area, lower back, almost like a dull period pain. Um, Every time I would go to the bathroom um, and empty my bladder, I kind of would feel it. And so that kind of happened, started to get a little bit more noticeable um, kind of on the Monday. And then by Tuesday, nothing had happened. And Wednesday, the same, like nothing had changed. And I was just going about my day doing it all. And, yeah, and then that brings us, I guess, to the day she was born. 
Were you mentally prepared to go to 42 weeks during your pregnancy or did you always kind of know that you would go, not early, but, you know? I think part of me, so I was born like two weeks early. My brother was born two weeks early. Um, I just, and my my midwife had said to me the way I was carrying and um, just her her, I guess, expertise was was that I would go earlier than full term. So in my mind, I kind of thought I'd all I wouldn't get it to get to like full term. But um, at around the, the thirty nine week mark, I, I was like, I feel like it, it definitely has to be this week. It just has to be. So in that sense, but then also going, you can't control this. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> so hard though that first baby. Yeah, I think it's the not knowing yeah. when like how am I meant to feel or how long you know that yeah that yeah. so back to that first sign of labor starting yeah so this was on the Thursday um like it's funny how you really remember like the little bits of the day and then some of it's yeah. so blurred but um my husband went to work like gets up quite early goes to work um I just kind of got up as normal like pretty chilled morning I had breakfast I put my music on danced around the kitchen just just doing my thing it was about it was a nice I don't remember it was a nice sunny day like not too hot because this was in December and then um around mid-morning that dull ache that I had been feeling was a lot more noticeable and I was like oh this is a bit uncomfortable but you know still going I don't really know I was still I was still fine like I was still kind of really all there and just felt like I could keep going and then um, my mum popped in at around 1pm to, I can't remember, just dropping something off or picking something up. And I said to her, I'm feeling a little more achy, but no, nothing more, nothing much else to report. Um, and so that was around one. And then by three o'clock, I started to prep dinner and we're having um, eggplant parmigiana. So I was like Ooh, slicing all these delicious. eggs. Yeah, I know. Funny thing is, um, one of my um, friends was and when I was telling her the story, she's like, oh, did you know that eggplant parmigiana is an Italian kind of wives tale to bring on labor? Oh, <laughs> and, okay. I know. And I was like, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> so funny. And my, my husband's Italian. So I was like, oh, that's really funny. Um, so I was prepping it. We hadn't eaten it at this point. Um, and as I was prepping it, I was like going, I actually don't know if I can stand, like, stand anymore. I'm like, this is actually really uncomfortable. And I started feeling like I needed to then go to the bathroom more and I'm getting a little bit hot. I was like, mm, okay, this is a bit interesting. This was like a, kind of like bang on three. And then by quarter to four, I called Dan, my husband, and I said to him, I think I think something's happening. And he usually, I think he was working till 4.30 that day. And I said, I think something's happening, but, you know, like it must just be the very start of my labor. Like don't, don't rush home. <laughs> he was like, um, I'm coming home now. Yeah. Like for me, because I, I am very, like I, I feel like I've got a high pain threshold and, you know, if I'm feeling unwell, like I'll battle on before I even ask or say anything. And he goes, the fact that you called me makes me go, okay, something's happening. Like, yeah. um, He came home and by the time he was home, it really intensified. And in my mind, I, you know, you watch all, especially the beautiful hypnobirthing videos, I'm like, you know, when I go into labor, maybe we can go for a walk around the neighborhood and I'll use all my hypnobirthing techniques and we'll like really take our time to drop into it. And um, by the time he got home, I couldn't talk through my surges. Um, we called our midwife and she was talking to me and I stopped and, and she said to Dan, is she not talking through them? And Dan's like, no. And she's like, mm, okay, I think, I think I better come. Um, and that time we'd started timing them and 
they're about 60 seconds in length and only a couple minutes apart. Like it just amped up very quickly. Yeah, okay. Did your mum have quick labours with you guys? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and she had a two-hour labour or two-and-a-half-hour labour with me. Wow. And so, yeah, my midwife was very onto that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I did think that, but I also thought, I don't know, I just thought I'd have a bit more time before it got to that intense yeah. <laughs> tense feeling. Um, no, I think about it. I'm like, okay, maybe when those – early morning aches if um you know if we were to go around a second time around I would probably recognize them a bit more but you just don't know first time yeah so we um then my I think yeah so we called my midwife she said she'll um get ready my my main midwife and then um I really wanted to have a shower with Dan we've got a beautiful double shower and I just was like I really want to have a shower with you he's like okay so he's like sure I was like yes I want a shower so he jumped into the shower and I was yeah, having all my surges and beautiful waves through there and then kind of got out and he was starting to pump up the birth pool and, you know, blessing getting the diffuser ready and stuff. And I just got into the kitchen and I broke down crying. Like I just remember going, oh, my God, we're actually doing this. <laughs> and the real wave of it all just, yeah, hit me of like, okay, we're actually going to meet our baby and all the stuff that we've just been preparing for that we actually have to do now. <laughs> Um, and there's no going back. I was like, oh, my gosh, like what is happening? Um, yeah, so then we we just kind of regrouped and Dan was still timing the surges then and I said to him, I think I'm in labour. I don't think we need to time it anymore. <laughs> he goes, he's like, yeah, I think I think we are. <laughs> he got the birth pool ready and messaged our parents and stuff just to say I was in labour Um and my midwife messaged and said she was on our way if I felt like I needed to get in the pool like, to go for it. And um, I did. I, I said I just need to be in the water. So um, Dan Belly had had it filled up and I was already in there. And when um, my main midwife, Joe arrived, um, she didn't even, like, touch or come, like, near me. She just checked that I was okay. And then I heard her calling the second midwife. And so the second midwife has to be there for when you give birth. And they usually wait until you're pretty far along to get them there so they're not there all all the whole time so she said she just saw me and she knew that it wasn't like heaps far away so within a quick time of joe arriving my second midwife nikita arrived but at that point i was just so in the zone um in the pool they were heating it up i don't really know what was going on dan was in the pool with me at that point i wanted him like once joe got there i wanted him in the water um yeah so we kind of labored in the pool for a couple hours and what were some of the things that you were doing in that time to sort of cope with your surges and the intensity of it? Yeah, so it went because um, it came very quick intensity. Um, I at first I was like, oh my gosh, like I've got all these techniques and things. Like I don't know where to st- where to start with them or which one should I use. Um, then I I just pulled back in, kind of. I feel like my previous um, experience of, of meditating, like even prior to pregnancy and things like that, I was able to drop in pretty quickly and just started to really focus on my breath was the first point. I really wanted to focus on like the language of breathing the baby down and and counting my breath. I had um, I really liked Dan counting backwards from 40, I think it was, um, when every time I was breathing and that really helped me and I had we had had a birthing playlist of just music and beautiful songs um playing in the background and sometimes I remember just tuning into whatever that song was playing um things like that but 
most of the time it was my breath connected with my breath through the whole time. And Dan's voice, like I remember saying, say, say, I'm like, say one of our affirmations. And he's like, you really put me on the spot. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, so just say one of them. He's like, I, was like anything. I could feel him being like, I know them, but I've gone mentally blank. <laughs> Stage fright. And I remember my midwife jumped in and said one of them. And then they, they like, like kicked him off. And he's like, okay. Like, I really, he goes, I really froze like afterwards. Oh, bless him. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I wanted him near the whole time. Like, I wasn't sure if I'd wanted, wanted the touch or whatever, but yeah, I wanted him near and kind of touching me the whole time mm-hmm. which was nice and then I think um what took me by surprise actually was how much I actually felt I needed to bear down and the real deep moaning sounds that were coming from me that I just I don't know I wasn't expecting like I just it just yeah it, it just takes over you it's very animalistic it's very natural um I just remember needing to constantly, like some people would say, push. I just really felt like it was bearing down um, real deep pressure and I needed to make these real deep sounds with every search. And what about your midwives? Yeah, yeah, they were great. Um, Dan Dan had it all covered and um, they would just come in and um, with their little thing and check the baby's heart rate. Like I didn't want any other checks. Um, They would just do that in between. I had like in the fridge, I had face towels with one with peppermint oil and with clary sage, one with lavender. Um, And so they were rotating them for me and putting them on my neck. And um, yeah, I think at one point I said in the bath to my midwife, I wish there was a magic number of how many of these surges I have left. She's like, there isn't, so don't even try to count them. Oh, I love it. Do you remember hitting transition at all? No. And I, I no, maybe at that point, maybe saying that was mm. like, wow, this is a lot. Um, like this is a lot of pressure. But I also remember saying to Dan, like, because I was, I think I was taken back with the the moaning and then I said, it's not painful and I know for some people that seems like mind-boggling because it's like their most painful experience but I was just I said I'm not I'm not in pain like I wouldn't call this pain like I'm I'm feeling a lot of pressure and I think that is though me doing a lot of work around redefining the concept of pain and the language that I used prior to that and I still looking back wouldn't say I, I felt labor was a painful experience like I wouldn't yeah. and there's a, and that takes a like it, I did a lot of work to kind of understand yeah. that from my point of view yeah, yeah. um but yeah my waters um broke um in the in the pool we had a big pop uh, and I was like okay cool that's my waters and that felt quite good and but this was like kind of like almost two hours of um being in the pool and actively, very active labour in the pool at this point. And what were some of the sensations that you were feeling? Like could you feel her coming down the birth canal? Yeah, it was very like I could feel her kind of going down and then coming back up and going down and coming back up. And at one point my midwife had a mirror and she's like, yeah, you can like that is it would she'd kind of calm down and then my almost like my pelvic floor was quite strong would pull her back up she wasn't sitting um really like in there and at that point because I'd been there for a couple hours and very active my midwife suggested that I get out the pool at that point and try a different sense of gravity to help the baby drop a bit deeper um and so I went to the she said come to the toilet so I made the way to the toilet 
and I instantly felt her drop down. It was like I needed to stand and walk. Um, the water was almost giving me too much buoyancy mm. and um, she, I felt everything just get so heavy and drop right in. And so I was sitting on the toilet and at one point I thought I'm going to have her on the toilet. Like it really got – I could really feel everything more so than, than I did in the water. And I guess they say like the water does slow it down and does um, you know, take a lot of that pressure. So, yeah, when I was in the bathroom um, in the toilet, I, I was quite uncomfortable. So the, then the suggestion was made that I make my way to the lounge room and they'll set up kind of the towels and stuff so I can lean over the couch and maybe try that um, position. And so I was walking to the lounge room and I walked through the door. I didn't even make it to the um, lounge and I felt like I needed to kneel down and I don't know where it all came, but all the, you know, puppy pads and towels all of a sudden it was underneath me and I was on all, all floors on the carpet in our lounge room at that point. So from there, um, yeah, I just was, I just knew then I, I'm like, she's going to come here. This is where we're having our baby. And we didn't know that we were having a girl at that point. So I was like, the baby's going to come on the lounge room floor. And um, Dan said, because I'd been quite like, yeah, deep, sounds prior to that he said as soon as you were on all fours in the lounge room I was really quiet and I was just breathing down and just like little whimpers of sounds and he goes you were like fully in the zone and he knew then as well he was like okay this is all happening and then she yeah then she was her head came down she's crowning and I felt like that bit of fire that they say and um, the midwife said to Dan, I'll come have a look. And so he came back, came around and he saw this, like her saw her head just sitting out and her, her lips all squished up. And um, my midwife actually took a photo and it's like my favourite photo of her, just just her head hanging there. And she, um, wow. and then my midwife was like, oh, if you want to look through and touch, and I was kind of look through and she had this big clump of hair, which I never imagined. I don't know why that my child <laughs> would have all the hair. And I was kind of like, what on earth is that? And I remember Tachi going, she's got heaps of hair. And um, and then and her head had been, because she'd kind of been dropping in and pulling out, dropping in and pulling out, her head had really taken that, you know, that cone kind of shape that they um, take when they come down. Then I took a deep breath and my other midwife actually filmed it, which was nice to see how it was as calm as I imagined. I was like, was I calm or was I was yeah. I don't even know, but watching the video, it was just, um, I think my midwife said, you can push if you want to. And I said, I don't know what I want to do. And then I just breathed and she, yeah, came came out, her little arm flicked out. Um, and my midwife kind of grabbed her, put her through my legs as I picked her up. And then I heard Dan say, is it a girl or it's a girl? And said, yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm like, oh, and then. I just looked at Dan and I said, Guido had had her name picked out for like 15 years. And I said to him, I said, oh, it's Regan. And that was it. She was born on the lounge room floor. Oh, wow. So beautiful. And how are you feeling? Do you remember coming sort of back into your body after that? Um, yeah. From then I had a bit, I won't say issue, just a bit of a prolonged period of birthing my placenta. So I would rather birth her all over again than my placenta, which was something I wasn't oh, okay. prepared we opted for the delayed cord clamping. I remember getting like real shaky, like all the adrenaline and I had, like my midwife said, um, sorted my hot water bottle up and I was kind of sitting with her on the couch and she was still attached and her cord was quite short. So um, it was a bit of an awkward position. And then 
I was trying to birth the placenta there again in the lounge room with all the things around me, but I couldn't I couldn't drop it in. Um, and then from there we moved to my our bedroom, and I hadn't actually gone to the toilet to do a wee for the whole time. Like even when I was in the toilet, I couldn't wee for some reason. Um, my, it's like my brain couldn't focus on what I needed to do to wee (laughs) and it's such a weird sensation but I still remember it and um the midwife was having a feel around and she said your bladder is really full and it's kind of getting in the way of you birthing the placenta and so I just went into the toilet in an ensuite on my own with Regan still attached um with the cord and the placenta in me and she actually then found um my nipple and latched herself on the toilet when I was sitting there, which was quite cool. Mm. So she was like just starting to her little first little feed um, while I was there. I, I could not for the life of me go to the bathroom. I couldn't. And I still, still to this day, I'm like, why can't I get away? So um, after, I don't even know, it, it was a while, um, the quarters obviously stopped pumping like I I like I wanted to birth the placenta and have her attached to it still but I, we had um the cord had stopped pumping or whatever they call it and so Dan cut it then and then he got to have some beautiful skin on skin with Regan and this was now two hours since I'd birthed her and I still hadn't got the placenta out so um were you still having surges at that point um every now and again yes especially when she was latched on it was really good um that was triggering those little um contraction surges to get it down but um i just couldn't empty my bladder and so then they ended up um i can never say it right is it the catheter where they kind of help you wee yeah they ended up doing that um which was a relief um to get that out and then i still couldn't get it out so then i had the oxytocin injection thing in my leg and ended up sitting on this like birthing stool and my midwife is like helping kind of and um just got me to keep coughing and then I eventually coughed enough and it came out <laughs> I was just like Finally. oh my goodness it's like two hours later after her so her birth was about three and a half hours oh up and then two hours of the placenta so yeah I'd never really I don't know I'd never given much thought about people talking about the placenta taking ages to come out yeah okay yeah I mean I've definitely heard of placentas taking their time but I suppose it makes sense your bladder was probably mm-hmm. just too full no way for it to go and I was you know in, I never let it enter my mind about going to the hospital um but uh, afterwards I was like I wonder how long they would have been like okay we actually need to go get yeah. help it's like I don't know what the protocol was I didn't want to know mm. but uh, yeah, it was a relief when it came out and the midwife did all their checks and there was no tearing and that was amazing. Great. They left around 1am and just the three of us at home in bed, um, just skin on skin. Regan got like 48 hours of skin on skin and no nappies um, just with us and it was really, yeah, really a really beautiful way for her to enter, enter the world and um then our midwife came the next day and checked over us and Dan, bless him, had to change all the bedding and stuff for me as I was healing and he just did his stride. And, but it was, yeah, it was very surreal and, yeah, just a, definitely a memory that we won't be forgetting. And, like, I remember, like, Dan says to our midwife, so what do we do until you come back? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just hold your baby. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. It's that simple. Yeah. And what about your placenta? Did you do anything special with it? 
we've got it at the moment in the freezer. Um, we've got a block of land that we purchased um, when I was pregnant and we want to plant a tree with it uh, when we, yeah, build on there eventually. I'd love to plant it in like a fruit tree or something, um, do a bit of a significant kind of blessing with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So you've had an incredible experience, but looking back, is there anything you would do differently? I think I would maybe take the early increase in um, those aches as being in early labour yeah. and maybe <laughs> maybe sit with that a bit. Um, but otherwise, no, no. Um, you know, I imagined that I would have birthed her in the pool, um, in the birth pool, and but I actually love that she was born on our laundry room floor. Yeah, <laughs> so. And beautiful photo and video, we've got it all, like, just for us, it's very, mm. yeah, it makes it all that bit more special. Yeah. yeah. And you've really got to listen to your body in those moments, don't you? Like, you obviously needed just that little bit of help from gravity to bring her down. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was, yeah, just for our midwife to recommend those little things, like, yeah. it's, it's good to have, I've had so much faith and trust in Dan and my midwife, two midwives to support me. Like I, I never felt like I needed anyone else there. I love that. Yeah. And your postpartum, yeah. how has that been for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good actually. Um, you know, we had a lot of rest. I was very mindful. I wanted to kind of really focus on what they call, you know, the fourth trimester in those first 40 days, um, obviously with a little bit of a modern twist because we live in a modern world, but um, we were very mindful to leave not really I don't think I really left the house I think I went for a little walk in those first 40 days I wanted to strip it back and take off the expectations to have to be anywhere and um the the borders um had just reopened um in South Australia just before she was born so it kind of we weren't sure you know what that all looked like so it was also nice not to really have any visitors um for most of that time as well and I uh, healed quite well and yeah, I feel I feel really good. I remember like my first meal was Vegemite toast, um, some lolly snakes <laughs> and a cup of tea and I had all um, stuff to make a beautiful salad and I was like, no, I just want Vegemite toast. Yeah, good on <laughs> yeah, And then from there we ate really well. Like um, I got um, a golden month beautiful package of food and in-home care. So I had some acupuncture and massage in-home in that 40 days and really intentional eating from that point on as well yeah looking back at your entire journey what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there I think it would be more so that the postpartum period um like we you know you hear a lot about you know takes a village or get your village and you know our village is really spread out now or they're busy our village is busy as well and so I feel that I intentionally built kind of my own village, so to say, and whether that was through um, that in-home care package that we, um, you know, invested in and having that support of them dropping food off and coming and taking care through the services they provided. Um, but even to the extent of um, we, did, I didn't have any in-person mothers group, but there's five of my beautiful Reiki clients whom we were all due within a couple of weeks of each other. So we, you know, created an online group and and to be our babies are so close together and we're very like minded in in the sense of um, 
you know, what we believe in. And so I feel like, you know, they were my village for a lot of it. And I'm very grateful that I've got a beautiful family network as well. But, you know, I intentionally reached out to them or I intentionally created that support rather than expecting, you know, expecting something and then maybe being disappointed because people don't know what to do, I figured. Yeah. I figured out <laughs> they don't know how to help or what you want. And I feel like, you know, build your own village if you have to. And that, you know, in modern times, that can look in a variety of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome to chat with you today, Carly. Thank you so much for coming on. Great. Thanks, Kaya. That brings us to the end of today's show, everyone. Another precipitous birth story for you all. For anyone new here that hasn't heard this term before, a precipitous birth is when a woman is in labor and then births her baby in under three hours or around that time frame. There's a very common belief that a fast labor and birth is easier because it's obviously a lot quicker. But with precipitous labor, you don't actually get that slow build in intensity and longer rest times between surges. So it really shows the mental and energetic work Carly did in the lead up to her birth really provided her with the tools and mental strength she needed to ride those constant surges. Such a beautiful journey. I hope you're feeling inspired. If you love PBA, please leave a review on your podcast platform so that it can reach more women who need it. And I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.